Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and Helpline with baby sleep expert Joe Ryan. Joe has had many years of experience helping parents uh, navigate both the early years of sleep and also behavior, toddler behavior, sibling behavior. She's here to help. So if you would like to ask Joe your questions, there are a number of ways you can do it. If you've joined us live on Facebook, you can pop your comments below this video and ask your question there. We also have a helpline group on Facebook, so you can post your questions there as well, or you can email us if you're listening via the podcast at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I think there's a slight delay. So if everyone can bear with us, uh, you know, I feel like the longer lockdown goes on, the more technology starts to break down. <laughs> well, that's my experience anyway. So hopefully you can uh, bear with us if there's a bit of a delay. And Joe, I'm sorry, that's a bit annoying for you as well. Um, let's start with this question we have from Ashley from our helpline group. She says, hello, my six month old can roll back to front now, but taking her arms out of her sleeping bag was the worst two weeks of sleep we've experienced. She stopped self settling in the daytime and woke up every hour at night. <laughs> that is horrific. <laughs> Even when lying next to me, when I tried to co-sleep, she would startle every 20 minutes or so. I tried one arm out, then both out, and our sleep became so bad that after a few weeks, I gave up and put her back in a sleeping bag. I'm going to try again this week, but wondered if you had any advice on how to go about it. Also, I wondered how much daytime sleep a six-month bub needs on average. My daughter seems to do one one one-hour, 15-minute nap in the morning, then two 30-minute naps throughout the day. Resettling feels impossible without feeding her. And even then she wakes up when I put her back down. Can we extend those short naps to go a bit longer? Thanks for your advice. Okay, so I just on the transitioning out of the sleeping bag, um, it can be a tricky time for babies who are used to having their arms very contained. Um, if she's been in a very sort of restrictive sleeping bag then I would maybe put her in one with the arms up for a bit for a couple of weeks just so that she gets some sense of movement and she can move suck her hands or she can roll safely you know and still push herself up but if she is coming out of that and going straight to arms out you kind of just have to bite the bullet and do it it is for some babies, it's easy and some babies, it's much more tricky. And obviously for her, she's struggled. I mean, I would have pushed on, you know, because I think you probably would have been almost there. But, you know, that said, I would start again. And if she's rolling and you feel that she's rolling onto her side in her cot or onto her tummy, maybe just let her sleep that way. Because obviously when they're on their tummies, their hands are kind of, you know, pinned down anyway. And on their side, the bottom one is a bit sort of more secure as well. Um, you just have to kind of push through. And, and usually, you know, it doesn't take, it shouldn't take too long, I would hope, now that she's done it once, a couple of days. Um, and it should, it should definitely be improved. Um, 
Regarding her sleep, at six and a half months, um, ideally she'd be having two long naps and a short nap, but one long and two short is not terrible. Um, but I think the key is for her to be going down awake and putting herself to sleep. So if she's not doing that now, I would be really working on that because that can help, you know, naturally elongate the naps. Um, trying to resettle a baby at her age is impossible and I wouldn't even try, but picking her up and feeding her and then trying to put her back down, I wouldn't do that because that's just going to encourage her to wake at that sort of first end of that first sleep cycle as well. So just work on how she, how you're actually putting her to sleep and make sure she's going down awake, that she's falling asleep in her cot. If you have to help her, obviously, oh, obviously that's, that's, that's totally, totally fine, fine, but you, but you, you want to work towards her doing that on her own and that should help with stretching those naps out. All right. Yeah. Good luck, Ashley. Hope, <laughs> hopefully it won't be like the last two weeks. But yeah, as Joe said, if you can push through, it's always easier, isn't it, than going yeah. back to the beginning and starting all over again. Um, our next question comes from Roxana on email. She says, a few weeks ago, I asked for help and Chris gave me a few suggestions, which I have applied. This helped slightly with frequent night waking, but my five months and three week old daughter still wakes at 4 a.m. every morning. So here are some details. She's formula fed, four feeds during the day. I offer her 150 mil for the first three bottles. Sometimes she finishes the amount and sometimes she only takes 110 mil. The evening bottle is usually 220, 210 to 220 mils and then bed. She wakes for a feed at, at 12, 12.30 and I give her 130 to 150 mils. I give her solids at 4 p.m., less than a quarter of a cup of pureed food with some water to sip. She has two long naps, uh, maximum 90 to 100 minutes each in the cot and one short, short nap in the pram. For long naps, I have to pick her up and settle her to help connect sleep cycles. And she only sleeps for 45 minutes and it's hard to settle in the cot. She goes to bed at 6.37. I now, I now settle her in the cot by padding and sometimes with the help of a dummy. Every day she wakes at 4 a.m. and needs resettling. I need to pat her till 5.30 or 5.45. And if I stop, she wakes up or starts crying. Around 5.30, 5.45, she begins to be fully awake and starts singing. <laughs> Babies, <laughs> please help. I'm desperate for sleep. I bet you are and exhausted. She doesn't settle for my husband. Is this a phase that gets better with age? How can I help her sleep longer? And finally, will she learn to connect her sleep cycles as she gets older? Sorry, we might have to wait for okay. that plane going overhead. I can't hear it. Oh, good. So, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I can't hear it. Um, okay, so there's a few things going on here. One, um, the reason why, yeah, the 4 a.m. wake. Okay, so what I would suggest is dropping the midnight feed because that is the one that's kind of disrupting the night and causing her to wake at four. But that that said, she probably will still wake at four, but I'd rather you feed her then, um, give her a bottle then, and then she'll go back to sleep and hopefully sleep through till 6, 6.37 even, okay? She's five and a half months. Uh, she's probably not going to last longer than 10 hours overnight without a feed. The reason why you shouldn't feed at midnight is because it's a natural wakeful period of the night. They're transitioning out of their deep sleep into their dream feed. If you feed at that time, they will continue to wake and then it can disrupt the rest of the night. So 
um, it's, I've found it's much better at her age to drop that feed, let her have a really long um, stretch with no feed and a beautiful sleep and then feed her around four, she'll go back to sleep she'll, and she should because she's got a big full empty tummy, big full feed and then she should sleep through till morning time and that will get you through that very wakeful because between four and six is a very wakeful period of the morning. Um, so that would be my advice around that. With her day naps, <clears throat> at her age, having two long ones and two and a short one, depending on how much she's getting, I would cap her naps at sort of like maybe three to three and a half hours maximum in the day because that can also mean she might wake early because they kind of pinch it from their night's sleep if they get too much in the day. So maybe cap it at an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half in the middle of the day and maybe 30 to 45 in the afternoon. As she gets on, like after six months, then you could drop that third nap because she should be able to last up a bit longer and she can just have two long naps. That's beautiful. And they can be like an hour and a half to two hours. That's no problem. Um, or one, two hours, one an hour, you know, that sort of thing. So that's sort of what I would work towards. But yeah, definitely drop the midnight feed. I think you'll find that that makes your nights a lot more easier. And then you can get a long night and then you can, you'll feel okay to get up at four and feed. And then you can all go back to sleep till six or seven, you know. Mm, sounds amazing. I hope that yeah. works for you. Uh, this is a question from Jessica on our Facebook Live. She says, I've read that if a bub is over three months, and more than five kilograms, so older than three months, I guess, and more than five kilograms, it's safe to stop feeding overnight. Is this true? Asking for my three and a half month old who is seven kilograms. Thank you. Uh, no. Um, so, no. So, the theory <laughs> is, no. <laughs> the theory is, um, over six kilos, babies will still require one feed a night. Over eight kilos, they should be able to last. But that said, very young babies still have very tiny tummies and still require feeding at night. So regardless of their weight, really, because they actually need more food. So, um, you know, and obviously there are some babies very young who do sleep through and, you know, they're the ones, they're kind of not the norm, they're the anomalies, right? So I would definitely be still thinking that your baby at seven kilos and three and a half months yeah, um, should still be having at least one and maybe two feeds a night, depending on what the feeding's like during the day. Like if you were doing five big full feeds a day, then I would just let them kind of naturally sleep, go to bed at bedtime and naturally see where they wake. Normally it's kind of a midnight-ish, 11, 12 wake, a 3, 4 a.m. wake. So I would definitely push out the feeds to four hourly overnight and not feed them before that. And if you feel you could push, push them past that, then do it. But also remember they're just having milk. If it's breast milk, it's very quickly digested because it's, there's, there's a lot of water in it um, and so they may get hungry they may not be able to go more than four hours um, yeah so no I, I disagree with that theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's a very clear cut answer which we love yeah our next yeah, question comes from sorry. Ashley yes no sorry I just wanted to say I just think it's 
you know, there's a lot of this kind of pressure on us as mothers to, to you know, to kind of do these things and, and the babies and pressure on the babies and they not, they can't actually physically do that, you know. Um, so just watch your baby and see what they're telling you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good luck, Jessica. Um, this next question comes from Ashley on the Facebook Live. She says, my six-month-old is now waking every two hours from midnight onwards in the last three weeks when he was sleeping through the night from four months. I'm supposed to be returning to night shift work in November. He's breastfed only with solids during the day at 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. I'm anxious about him now needing me during the night when I'm about to go back to work because he won't take expressed breast milk from a bottle at all. Any advice? Yeah, so around six months, there is this kind of little weird regression that they have. And if they start getting fed at night when they weren't previously, then they can start to wake for that. And then they can start to wake more often. And often it is a two hourly wake. And if you're feeding to get back to sleep, which of course, sometimes you think, oh my God, what else am I gonna do? Cause nothing, you feel nothing else works. Then it just creates this habit and they just keep doing it. So um, the key is to cut out those feeds overnight, except for maybe they're six months, they still could have an early morning feed like around 4 a.m. Um, so I would definitely um, be just resettling them overnight when they wake, when he wakes, maybe introduce, depending on how much he weighs, but maybe introduce a third solid meal in the day. If, if you feel he's ready for that, you could do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and, you know, to kind of make up for a little bit of that milk that he's missing, but often the milk overnight is not about hunger. It's about settling and comfort and routine and habit sort of thing. So we just need to change that. So he doesn't expect to be fed before that 4am wake. Um, and then he'll eat and drink more in the day. Um, this is uh, from an anonymous question on our, from our helpline group. They say, my two and a half year old has always been a terrible sleeper. We've been through Tresillion and at home sleep consultants and never really found a solution. The latest issue is he wants to be patted to sleep, having become anxious at me leaving the room and vomiting as a result. The problem is firstly, it takes 30 to 60 minutes for him to fall asleep and he then wakes again in the middle of the night and I end up having to co-sleep with him. I'm beginning to question whether he needs a lunchtime nap anymore as he heavily resists it and doesn't sleep more than 45 minutes. Despite relatively low levels of sleep, he isn't tired or grumpy. I wonder whether dropping the daytime nap would help him fall asleep quicker and longer at night. Sure. I mean, you could definitely try that. Um, I would probably wait because he would be tired if he's waking a lot in the night as well still. So maybe once you've sort of sorted out the night a little bit, then you could drop that and maybe bedtime will become slightly um, easier. But I find it's more about this kind of setting up a new habit around toddlers and toddlers are very known for kind of sleep disruptions and they, they want someone with them when they fall asleep. It's really common. And then it becomes a bit of a game and you're there and, you know, they like it. So it kind of, it, it elongates the whole process and then they wake at night because if you're in the room when they fall asleep, they expect you to still be there when they wake. And if you're not, they'll wake right up and call for you. So it's about changing that bedtime ritual so that you're not in the room 
when they fall asleep and that can be tricky but I think gently gently so I tend to do like I'm popping out for five minutes or I'm popping out to take my shoes off and I will come straight back and sort of set up this pattern so if he gets distressed and vomits obviously we don't want him to get to that point um, but maybe have things set up in the room so that if he does vomit which is not ideal but you can clean it up really quickly without creating too much fuss but start being out of the room for very short periods of time like 30 seconds you know so we're just trying to build up his trust that you do what you say and you're around and he's you know he you're not gone forever which is what they think when you're when you leave that you know um that you're not coming back so I've just got to go and do a wee I'll be straight back you know 30 seconds on your phone put your timer on come straight back in good boy, well done. I'll sit here for a minute. You sit there for three to five minutes. Then you go, I'm just going to pop out and, you know, get a glass of water. I'll be straight back, you know, 30 seconds. So you've got to come up with lots of excuses, but you keep doing it and try to be out of the room ultimately when he finally does fall asleep. But always follow through what you say you're going to do. So if you say, I'm going to pop back, which you should, always pop back because it and always pop back in the first couple of nights not out for a very long 30 seconds to a minute at the most so that he doesn't get distressed okay because we don't want him to get distressed we want him to start go oh she is around she's coming back she's saying what she said she'd do also in the night try not to lie with him just do the same sort of thing you're okay I'll sit here for five minutes but then I need to go back to bed um you know and and, or you can pop out and pop in and do the same thing if you think that's better. Um, but yeah, it's just about changing those ritual around bedtime and then the sleep should definitely improve. But it is a very common toddler behaviour. So, mm. so yeah. Our next question comes from Sabrina in our helpline group. She says... I have a 15-month-old little girl who has decided to wake up in the middle of the night and get up really early now. It's been going on for just over a week and she wakes up around 1.30am and yells for about half an hour and then up at 5am for good. She has been a good napper and sleeper in the past. We took one nap away for a trial and that did not seem to work. Any ideas would be greatly appreciated. Thank you from a very tired mama. Well, at 15 months, she's probably ready to go to one nap a day. And it could be that she's getting a bit too much sleep in the day. But you might have to bring bedtime a bit earlier for a little while. So, you know, you don't want to push her too much in the evening. So she's really, really exhausted and then finds it difficult to fall asleep. So drop, drop her down to one nap a day. Maybe start by, you know, doing it around 11, 11.30 and then bringing bedtime back to like 6, 6.30 just to make sure that she's getting, you know, um, she's not going to bed too late and getting really tired. Um, the, I mean, sleep disturbances are caused by a whole range of things like, you know, if she's started to walk, if there's things going on that might be different, you know, they can always have these little regressions. Um, but try not to introduce anything new at the 1 a.m. wake I would just be resettling her back to sleep by patting or stroking, you know, not getting her up, not giving her anything to eat, to drink, you know, just kind of settling her and trying to leave the room sooner rather than later if she's calm. Um, 
5 a.m. is not an uncommon time for babies to wake or toddlers to wake as well. And they can go through little phases of early morning rising. You can just keep her in the cot for as long as you possibly can. You know, if she's happy and she's not kind of, you know, complaining too much, just leave her in there for as long as you can. Um, but I think maybe just tweaking the day naps a little and cutting her down to one nap because she might be getting too much. And as I said earlier with the earlier caller, they can pinch it from the night and it means they wake up early and they're kind of ready to go. So yeah, move it to one nap and just bring bedtime earlier until you feel like she's coping better with that. And the bright side I find of having children who wake up super early is that by the time they're sleeping in, your sleep patterns have changed so much that if you weren't an early riser before, you are now. And so you get the best part of the day. <laughs> is that a silver lining? <laughs> Very true, very true. <laughs> Sorry, Sabrina, that's not what you want to hear. You just want to sleep. I get it. <laughs> this next question comes from Krista on Facebook Live. She says, after my six and a half month old wakes for her first morning feed around 4 a.m., sometimes earlier, she won't go back to sleep in her cot, but she's happy to co-sleep. I, had, I just push her to her dad's side, who's kicked to the couch, and she sleeps fine. How can I get her to sleep in the cot after this feed? We have recently gone from bassinet in our room to a cot in our room. She feeds up until 11 p.m.-ish most nights, then feeds again around 3 to 4 a.m. Sorry, Chef, how old's the baby? Six and a half months. Okay. So she, okay, so she doesn't really need um, that evening feed. So her last feed should be like bedtime feed, you know, 6.30 p.m. Then she should theoretically be able to go through to like 3 or 4 a.m. and then feed her then. So those evening feeds I would drop because um, I imagine at her age she's having some solids now. Um, and the key to kind of, I guess, not getting her out of bed is just not getting her out of bed and just kind of leaving her in her cot and patting her back to sleep. And of course, it's going to take a long time the first time you do it because she'll be like, nah, I'm, I'm supposed to be over there with you. This is what we do. So you're going to go, no, actually, we're changing things. And they don't, you know, obviously, we can't explain it to them. And so they get distressed. But know that she will always fall back to sleep eventually. And that once you've done it once, it gets better really quickly. They're so clever, they catch on, but we've just got to show her this is the way we're doing it. So obviously you need to be prepared for that. It's going to be a, you know, a bit of a tough night and, and it might take a long time. It can take a couple of hours sometimes, but I would just definitely persevere. And you know, when you feel ready too, it might be a good time to move her into her own room. If you think that that's what you want to ultimately do, you could do that all at once now. And then she's in her own space. She can't see that you're there and it just might be a bit easier for everyone. But obviously that's, that's your decision. But I would definitely be resettling her in the cot and just take your bed, sleeping, co-sleeping off the table. It's not an option. She's going to stay in her cot and you're just going to resettle her till she goes back to sleep. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, and <laughs> both of us. Um, we have a question from Alice on Facebook Live. She says, hi, Joe. my seven and a half month old daughter has started waking over, overnight for up to two hours. 
We resettle her and leave the room, but within 10 minutes, she's crying again. She doesn't appear to be hungry and is usually awake before midnight. She has four breastfeeds during the day and one overnight, usually between 2 to 4 a.m. She has three meals a day also. She has three naps a day, totaling about three hours sleep and is in bed between 6.30 and 7. She's also been screaming at bedtime too, which is unusual for her. I have no idea why this is happening and would like some help to stop it. Um, so again, you know, things can go a bit awry around six, seven months because there's a bit going on developmentally for them. But I would certainly look at how much sleep she's getting in the day and make sure she's not getting too much so that she's not quite tired enough at bedtime, which means she could, she could carry on a bit. But generally, that sort of distress at bedtime is more about being overtired uh, rather than sort of not tired enough. But they're the things I would look at. Um, overnight, so, this, so she's being fed around. Um, okay. She has four breastfeeds during the day and one overnight, usually between 2 to between 4 a.m. Yeah. So I would try and keep that around 4 a.m. Because what can happen is if it creeps a bit early, sometimes they do that thing where they wake frequently in anticipation of a feed coming. Um, so if it's at four or after, their sleep cycle slightly change around that time and it kind of tends to stay in those early hours of the morning. If it's earlier, it can sort of start to creep a bit earlier and earlier and they can start to wake more frequently in the evening and you know around midnight. So I would just try to push, push her out um, with that feed and also just make sure she's falling asleep in her cot, that you're not helping her too much, um, that, yeah, she's not too overtired at bedtime, like she's not up for a really long period in the afternoon and evening and going to bed too late. Um, so I think at her age, I would probably keep her up a maximum of three hours at the end of the day, you know, um, so they're the things to look at and hopefully, you know, things will start to improve. But they do go a bit pear-shaped. Like, if she, again, if she started to crawl or move a bit more, that can sort of send things off for a few, for a little while. But it does come back on track as long as you stick to your, you don't introduce anything new. Lisa on Facebook Live says, any tricks to get my two-year-old to sleep past 5 a.m.? Mm. Well, if I had the magical cure for the early morning rising, <laughs> I'd be a multi-millionaire, wouldn't I? I think yeah. you would be, yes. <laughs> I wish, I wish. But look, there are definitely <laughs> some things you can try. Um, early morning rising is very common in boys, particularly more so than girls, in my experience. Um Something is just, the brain is different. They just want to get up and go as soon as those little eyes are open. But things to look out for, make sure they're not going to bed too late because if they go to bed too late, they wake early. It's kind of counterintuitive to the way we think, but that's what happens because they're tired and they shorten the way the amount of sleep that they get. Make sure they're falling asleep in their bed without you in the room. Um, make sure, you know, at this time of the year, particularly, you know, in Australia, uh, it's very light in the morning because you're waiting for daylight saving to kick in. Um, so the birds are up early, the sun's up early. It's a really bad period of the year when babies all tend to start to wake very early. So hopefully, you know, again, 
moving with daylight saving, hopefully it'll be darker and things might be might improve, but make sure that the room is dark, that there's some white noise going on so that they're not woken by the birds. Um, and just try to keep them in bed if you can, for as long as, you know, if they're still in a cot, if they're happy and playing, happy to be there, just let them kind of be there. Don't go up and go in and get them unless they're distressed. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to, and if they're going to bed at 6.30 and they're asleep till five, I mean, that's a pretty reasonable amount of time to be in bed for. So again, we've got to kind of go, oh, well, maybe I'll just have to get up at five o'clock. Oh, and the other thing is just look at their day naps that they're not getting too much sleep in the day so that they might be pinching it from the morning. But yeah, so try all those things. And then if it's still happening, I think you might just have to, you know, be a morning person just for a little while. Hopefully it won't always be like that, but fingers crossed. Yeah, and you will be a morning person eventually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we've yeah, probably yeah. got, oh, actually we've run out of time, but can I squeeze one more question in, Joe? Yeah. Just sure, one more. Sure, sure. This is from Rhiannon on Facebook Live. She says, hi, I'm hoping for some help or some reassurance. My perfect five-month-old sleeper is no longer. She was falling asleep independently and resettling. She sleeps for one and a half to two-hour naps and has one or two feeds overnight. And we have one and a half to one hour, 45 hour, one hour, 45 minutes wake times. Then she started rolling. So bye-bye swaddle, both arms have been out the last three days and since then she screams and can't fall asleep without help, patting, and she's impossible to resettle. She loves her hands, but they keep her awake. I have given her something to hold and I know this takes time, but I'm struggling in lockdown with a three-and-a-half-year-old also who is struggling with not being in daycare. So I'm feeling the mental drain. Please help. That's tough, Rhiannon. Yeah, that is tough. Um... I think, you know, you, you do have to, like, if she's, if she's rolling, you could still have her in a love to dream, you know, because they're safe to roll, you know, as long as, um, you know, for the next little while, if you wanted to just get her used to rolling and having her arms a little bit more, um, you know, move, if they're moving they're around free. a little bit more, Up if that's right. what she's sort of not been before, yeah a little bit you know they're still contained but they can move and they can push themselves up and that sort of thing um but again I just think that it's all about practice and that the swaddle will um the, the having the arms out will ultimately work in your favor and in her favor because she will be able to soothe herself move roll find a position that she wants to sleep in so if you find she's rolling consistently onto her side or a tummy let her sleep like that with you know, do the padding to settle her, but then try to, like I always roll them onto their sides and kind of hold the top arm down so it's not kind of flailing about too much. But then once they're calm, take your hand off, just keep padding. And then, you know, uh, if, if she's calm, then just try to leave her like that and see whether she can, you know, put herself to sleep. But it does take a few days, maybe a week for them to get used to their arms out. Um, like I said with the previous caller, some babies are easy and they just do it. They don't mind. And others are really still kind of trying to find their, you know, find out how to work their hands and their arms a bit. You know, it's a big <laughs> novelty. Ooh, this is fun sort of thing. Um, 
But, and, you know, there's also, like I said previously, there's a lot going on at that age. So there's other things that could be at play. You know, she said she's rolling. She started rolling. Those things also affect the way they sleep. But just try to have a consistent routine, the way you're putting her down, the way you're patting her to sleep in the cot. And she will get used to it, I promise you. It'll just take a little bit of time. Well, Joe, I've definitely got to let you go now. But thank you so much for jumping on and answering all those questions. That's my and if you have joined us and you didn't get a chance to chat or ask your question of Joe, or you think you would benefit from a longer chat with Joe, she is one of our experts on the parent school at Babyology, and you can book a one-on-one -on -one session with her. We'll pop links in the notes of this episode and also below this Facebook live. So then you can uh, tease it out a bit more with Joe. Uh, and also we'll be back next week if you have more questions to ask. Have a lovely week, Joe. Thank you again. And we'll see you all next time. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.